We are in a series called We Are the Body. And wow, this is, you guys, we have just begun and this is gonna be a great series. There are so many components to being the body of Christ. But this morning, I get to share with you as the body, because we are the body, how we support and care for one another in the body. And so I'm excited to bring you this message. And you can go with me over to Hebrews 10, 23. And I'm going to be switching back and forth between translations. I'm going to talk uh, uh, sometimes out of the New King James and sometimes out of the Amplified and a couple of others too. So um, if it doesn't totally match what you've got, that's okay. It's in there somewhere. Just keep looking and you'll find it in one translation. So um, Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 out of the uh, New King James Version reads this way. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Now we are to be doing something as the body of Christ. And here he says, we're stirring each other up. When we come together, we should expect to be stirred up, not in a bad way, but stirred up for love and good works, he says. And then it goes on in 25 and it says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Now what's he talking about the day approaching? Well, there is a day when Jesus is coming back, but we know from the word of God that things are going to get intense before that day. And he says that there's a part that the body will play and it will really help us to stand and stir love and good works as we see that day approaching and the intensity of the enemy, well, guess what? The intensity of God ramps up too. So God gave us the body, and he did it for a reason. And let me tell you a few things that I was observing. The body, when we come together as the church, it's a place to know and be known. We are known in this place. It's a place to have community. It's a place to grow our gifts and grow in spiritual things. It's a place to hear God. It's a place to bring our supply. You know, we all have a supply, and we, Pastor Mark's been talking about that. We all have a supply. It's a place where we can help others and be helped by others throughout our life. It's a place and, uh, where we come together and the fullness of his anointing is present. Because when we come together as the body, the parts of the body are all here, and his anointing is flowing in and through the body. The body of Christ is essential to our faith. It's essential to our victory. And one person said this. They said, a Christian without a church is a Christian in trouble. You know, I believe that. And pastoring all of these years that we have, we have seen it over and over. And even someone who is plugged into this local body and so strong may move to another state or another city and not find a place to plug in. And pretty soon, we see their lives in trouble. So... We are the body of Christ, and we need each other. And we just read this, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. So why is that so important? Well, we need to understand the strategies of the enemy. The strategy of the enemy is to bring an attack against the members of the body, but also the body. And when he brings an attack against us, 
It's really, it, it's all of what he does. It's to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And ultimately, what's the enemy after? Well, he's after our faith. Because if he can get you out of faith, and he can take you out of the body, then we don't accomplish the plan of God. Because it takes faith to do that. And so every attack that comes against you is an attack against something that you believe. When he attacks you in sickness, guess what? It's an attack against your health because God gave you that. That's something God gave you. When, it, when he comes with an attack of lack, <laughs> you know, not having enough, as Alan was talking about, even that fear, when he comes, that's a direct attack against the person that God has made you because he has given you favor and he has blessed you and prospered you. When he comes with an attack of depression and anxiety or oppression to the body of Christ or to us individually, it's a direct attack against our peace and our joy that God gave us. So the enemy really wants to get us out of faith, but God has given us one another to help each other stand. He gave us each other. Now, we were flying into Amsterdam one time, the first time we were flying in. And as you fly into Amsterdam, you see these fields of tulips. So I have a picture of some tulips here. I was thinking, in my yard, I have a tulip. And the one tulip is here, and there's another one here, and there's another one here. And the heads get so heavy, they always fall over. But when we flew into Amsterdam, we saw these fields and fields of tulips. And all of their heads were standing really tall. And they were beautiful. And I got this picture. You know, when we're alone, when we're isolated, sometimes it's hard to hold your head up. <laughs> Things get heavy, and the tulips feel that way. But when they are all together, they are supporting one another. They're supporting one another, and they're tight together. And when they're tight together, all of those heads stand tall. You know, part of the strategy of the enemy is to isolate. And if he can isolate, then he can get us to the part where our heads are falling over. But when we stand together as the body, we lend support to one another. We need each other in those times so that we can hold our head up high. And guess what? It's beautiful in the spirit when we come together. It's like flying into Amsterdam and seeing those fields and rows and rows of tulips. It was gorgeous. But you know, that's how we're supposed to be as the body of Christ. We're supposed to support one another. Brother Hagen said a lot of wonderful things, but he said this, and it's maybe not something he's famous for quoting. He said, the crisis of life comes to us all. And do you know that's the truth? You didn't have to live very long to know that the crisis of life does come to us all. We all experience things, and God doesn't intend that we go through it alone. In fact, he intends that we have a body of believers that support us, that surround us, that envelop us, so that we are one in many, because the church together is a mighty moving force. God wants us to have the strength and the support of the church around us. The enemy can take us out individually. He can, you know, a deer can come along and just eat one of those. But, I mean, when you see those fields and fields of tulips, guess what? <laughs> that, that, not, a deer can't get in there and get all of those, right? So we lend support so that the others can be strong together. Together we are a force. Now Hebrews 6.10 says this, out of the New King James Version. It says, for 
God is not unjust to forget your work, your labor of love, which you have shown in his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope to the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. You know, when the enemy comes after your faith, it's for a purpose. He wants to take you out because it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promise. Faith and patience. There is an outcome to faith and patience. But, you know, those are the difficult times sometimes. But we need to stay in that place of faith and patience. So we're matured as we come together as the body. We receive the word. Our expectation rises. When we're in a group of people, do you notice how the atmosphere changes? How the atmosphere is different. When we're together and our faith is together, the atmosphere rises and it encourages us. There's an expectancy when we come together as the body. And I encourage you, come expecting every time we come together as the body. Be expecting God to do things. Be expecting for healing to take place. Be expecting for words to come forth to people's hearts that will strengthen them and equip them for life. Be expecting those things. Because if the enemy, and he knows this, if he can alter our faith, if he can eliminate our faith, if he can uh, destroy our faith, then we don't see victories. That's why he comes against our faith. But that's why God gave us the body of Christ. And the body of Christ really is a gift to us. God gave us the body. It's God's strategy to keep us in victory. Don't you love that? God's strategy. The enemy has a strategy to isolate, to bring offense, to take people out. But God says, I have a strategy. If I can bring them together in love and they can support one another, then the enemy cannot get in. Oh man, it's good. <laughs> so when we are isolated and offended, disappointment starts to take hold. Disappointment leads to discouragement. Discouragement leads to weariness. Weariness leads to fainting and quitting. Do you see how the decline happens? We don't want to get discouraged. That's why he said, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Galatians 6, 9 from the Amplified reads this way. It says, and let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint, acting nobly and doing right. For in due time and at the appointed season, we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. So that's the goal. We come together as the body so that we can support the body so that we don't have Christians fainting over here and fainting over there. The body is a powerful force. Amen. It's a powerful force in the earth, and the enemy knows that. Yeah. That's why he wants you out of the body. And how many times have we been isolated or offended and taken that step back? Well, guess what? That's the time that we need to step forward. We need to step into the things that God has for us. So I'm going to talk about three things today. Um, three ways that we love and support the body. First of all, prayer, empathy, and action. So let me start with prayer. You know, he says we're going to come together 
and we're gonna love one another. And Jesus said, he gave us a new commandment, that we love one another with the agape kind of love. And what kind of love is that? Well, that agape love is that unconditional love. It's that love that doesn't love you because of what you've done for me. It loves you because you're made in God's image. It loves you without condition. You don't have to do anything for me to love you. And Jesus said that's how people will know his church. And when we pray for the body, that's the kind of prayer that we offer, a prayer of love for the fellow Christians in the body. So Paul prayed for the churches, and we see his prayers all throughout the epistles. We see them in Ephesians and Colossians, Thessalonians. We see them in uh, Philippians, and we pray those prayers over and over and over. Those are good prayers to pray over the body because they're prayers that talk about how uh, we are asking for wisdom and strength and grace and comfort, salvation, boldness, health, safety, all of those things are in those prayers. And that's a good place to start. Um, Romans 1, 9 through 11, out of the Amplified, it says this, it says, for God is my witness whom I serve with my whole spirit and rendering priestly and spiritual service in preaching the gospel and telling the good news of his son. How incessantly I always mention you when at my prayers. Paul says, I'm always mentioning you. I'm always thinking about you. And we see that so many times when he's talking. He says, as I was thinking about you, I prayed for you. Prayer is part of how we support the body, both local and worldwide. When we see Christians going through times like the, the Ukrainian Christians are right now, like the Afghani, Afghani Christians, you know, we pray for them, right? Our heart goes out and we pray for them because we are part of the body of Christ. And we should, but don't forget to pray for our local body and for the people that are here, that we would have wisdom and boldness and strength and that we would be equipped and that we would be uh, able to carry on, that we would have grace and that our faith wouldn't fail. You know, that's a prayer that Jesus offered for Peter. He said, Peter, I pray that your faith would not fail you. Why? Because Peter was going through a hard time, and Jesus knew he was, and he knew it wasn't going to get easier right away. <laughs> he knew that he was going to feel bad about some things, and he said, I pray that your faith will not fail you. So we pray for people. You know, I was thinking about this too. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he asked the disciples to come and pray with him, what was he looking for? Support. He was looking for somebody to stand with him and support him. And then he said, could you not pray with me one hour? Because <laughs> they were falling asleep. But guess what? God didn't fail him. An angel came and strengthened him for the work that he had to do. But you know, I look at that story and I think, the body was right there with him. God set it up so that the body should support him. We should support each other in prayer. Prayer is powerful. Philippians 1.19 out of the New King James says this, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Prayer offers a supply. 
a supply in the spirit. And do you know that you can pray for someone and be in their presence and lay hands on them, but you can pray for someone and you can offer a supply in the spirit. And that's what Paul was experiencing right here. He said, there's a supply in the spirit that I'm receiving through prayer and you're not even in my presence, but I feel it and I know it's gonna turn. I know it's gonna turn. Don't you love that? The message says it this way. It says, and I'm gonna keep that celebration going because I know that it's gonna turn through your faithful prayers and the generous response of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Everything he wants to do in and through me will be done. I love that. I love it. So how do we pray? Well, first of all, we remember people. And we let them know that we remember them. You know, it's so great that we have technology these days that we can even send a text that says, and I did this not too long ago to a friend that I hadn't seen in a while, and um, I knew that we had had lunch with them and uh, that they were going through some different things. And so I sent her a text that said, I'm just thinking about you today. I'm continuing to stand with you and pray with you. Hope you're doing well. Well, she sent me back, oh my gosh, thank you for thinking of me today. You don't know how much that touched my heart that you're praying, continuing to pray with me. Wow, remember people. Just remember people, you know? Just remember them. We're the body. We can come and go and come and go and come and go. You know, Tony a few weeks ago tapped me and said, I haven't seen so-and-so lately. Do you know what's going on with them? I said, nope, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Remember people. Remember them in prayer. So we remember people. Let's see, where am I in my notes? <laughs> oh, whoops, I lost my... Oh, and then we pray prayers of deliverance and faith that offer a supply. We truly put our heart in it, right? We truly put our heart in it, and we, have, and we make faithful prayers. Because prayer makes a way. Prayer invites God. But here's another way that we can pray. And it's out of James 5, 14 and 15, out of the Amplified I'm going to read. It says, is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders, the spiritual guides, and they should pray over him, anointing him with oil in the Lord's name. And the prayer that is of faith will save the sick and the Lord will restore him. If he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Prayer for the sick. Are we remembering to pray for those who are sick? And you know, part of this scripture is that the person who is sick should come and ask for prayer. We are the body of Christ. The person who is sick can come to us as the body and ask for us to stand with them. But you know, in all these years of pastoring, there's been a lot of times where we know later that somebody went through something. And we said, why didn't you come? Why didn't you ask for prayer? Why didn't you come for agreement? Well, here's a couple things that I've heard. You know, I kept it to myself because I didn't want negative words spoken over me. I tell you, we are the body of Christ. We ought not to be speaking negative words over someone. We ought to be standing and loving and praying and surrounding. So it helps me when I hear that. that how I want to look at people and how I want to uh, treat them when they're going through something. Here's another thing we've heard. Well, I felt like it was a reflection of our faith if we needed to ask for prayer support. Oh no, it's not. 
Oh no, it doesn't mean you don't have faith. It means we're joining our faith. And guess what? There's power in multiplication of faith coming together. We want to join our faith. Here's another thing I've heard. I fear that others will judge me if I ask for prayer. Oh boy. No, this is a this has got to be known as a judgment-free zone, right? Church should be a judgment-free zone where anyone can come with whatever is in our life and we should be able to say, I need help with this and help should be available. Do you think God wants to help everyone? Absolutely. So we have to have that same attitude. We have to come and have that same attitude. We are part of a body and part of a community and part of a family. And when we understand that, we will come to the family. We will come. You know, in a family, there's all kinds of things that go on. And you know what? People love each other through it. <laughs> they just do. They love each other through it. And we do that as the body of Christ. Which leads me to the next place, and that is empathy. Empathy, what is empathy? Empathy means the action of understanding or being aware of, or being sensitive to, and vicariously experiencing the feelings, thoughts, and experience of another, either their past or present, without having those specific feelings, thoughts, and experience. Empathy means I'm able to put myself in your shoes and I'm able to feel something with you. I'm able to feel that with you. And that's the kind of prayers that we should be offering with the church. Not looking back and going, wait a minute, why are you in that place? No, wait a minute. No, the fact that you came to me means that I'm going to share this burden with you and I'm going to stand with you and we're going to see the end, God's end of it. Right? That's empathy. It's putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Romans 12, 15 out of the Amplified says, Rejoice with those who rejoice, sharing others' joy, and weep with those who weep, sharing others' grief. That is empathy, and the Bible teaches empathy. It teaches us to be empathetic with one another. It says in the uh, Amplified of 1 Corinthians 12, 25, that we should have mutual interest and care for one another, all the members of the body. Wow. So the Bible teaches us interest, care, empathy. And what it, uh, one translation, I think it's the Living New Testament, says that we actually share in another's pain. You know, we share that. Um, Luke 4, 16 through 19, out of the New King James Version, it says this. It says, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood to read and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he hand, was handed the open book, you know, and I like this because it says it was his custom to be in church. It was Jesus' custom to be in church. You know, sometimes we hear that if Jesus was alive today, he would be with all of the, uh, he would be in the bars and the places. And I want to tell you, he would be in church. Because when he was alive, guess where he was? He was in church. And everybody came to him because they knew he had life, and they knew that he, they, he had what they needed. Jesus would be in church. <laughs> Not that he wouldn't be ministering to everyone everywhere, but he would be in church. So he says that he read out of the book of Isaiah, 
And it said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I love that. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he's called me to minister, to preach, to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, and liberty to those who are oppressed. And you know, I just was thinking, empathy means going through every day, understanding and knowing that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, too, to minister to the brokenhearted. It's upon me, to whoever I encounter, to bring the same kind of anointing that Jesus brought. And sometimes we think of the anointing in very specific ways, like we think of the anointing in church. We think of the anointing when it comes, oh, there's laughter, or there's running in the church, or there's falling out, or somebody's, you know, shaking under the power of God. And that is the anointing, okay? That does, but does the anointing come upon us so we can fall out, or so we can run, or so we can, uh, you know, stand in church and just feel that power? No. The anointing comes upon us so that we can leave this place and minister to the brokenhearted. So we can share in their pain, so we can put ourselves in their shoes and minister that anointing to them right where they are. So this one day, Pastor Mark and I were in Zhang's and we had taken a guest minister there to eat. And we were um, finished with dinner and they part, or lunch and they went to the front where their car was parked and we went to the back and we were getting in our truck and um, we saw this lady talking on a phone. And she was outside in the back of Zhang's there and she was talking on the phone and all of a sudden she let out, this is just gonna make me cry, <laughs> this scream and sunk to the ground and just fell to the ground and she was all by herself. And so I said to Mark, I said, I don't know what's going on. I said, but I think we need to go over there and find out. And he said, yeah. And so we went over to where she was. Well, she had just on the phone, and she, her scream was, no. And, but she screamed it out loud. And so, so she had just got news that her brother had died in a terrible accident. And there she was, all by herself, and nobody was around. And she fell to the ground. And all we did was come over, and we put our hands on her, and we said, is everything all right? And she was on the phone and she was talking, and, and we were just waiting, just put our hands on her back. And then she stood up and she told us, my brother just died. And all we did was stand there and hold her. We hugged her and said, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Oh God, I'm so sorry. And we just started praying over her. Oh God, comfort her, comfort her family. Lord, help them through this, help them through this. You know what, we didn't have the loss. She had the loss, but we felt her pain, and we were there. We were there, and we were able to put our hands on her. And were we saying, be healed in Jesus' name? No. Were we saying, are you saved? No. <laughs> Do you know Jesus is your Savior? No. I mean, those are the things we think of when we're going to minister to somebody. Do you feel better now that we prayed for you? No, it wasn't the time for that. 
It was the time to just embrace her. And you know what? She felt the love of God. And she felt strength to get up and to go back to her group that she was with. She felt strength in that moment. That's empathy. And that's what we do for the members of our body. When they come in, we don't go, man, I haven't seen you in a long time. Where have you been? No. We say, I'm so glad you're here. We put our arms around people, and we love people. In the midst of everything that the devil is doing in their life, we want to be the one who is ministering to the brokenhearted, bringing sight to the blind, bringing liberty to those who are oppressed, proclaiming that this is your year, the year that the blessings of God will abound in your life. That's what we want to bring, and that's empathy. You know, uh, I was walking in a mall one day, and um, this lady fell down right in front of me, uh, just, well, like two stores in front of me, just fell down. And people started rushing over to her, and she was having a seizure. And so I walked up to, and I just knelt down where she was, and I put my hand on her, on her leg that was shaking. And I wasn't even praying out loud. I just knew that if I could touch her, that the anointing was going into her that the anointing was doing something. And she stopped having that seizure, and they called a paramedic, and the paramedic came and got her. But you know what? I didn't have to say or do anything else. I knew that the anointing was going into her and that it was making a difference. And that's empathy. That's empathy. So the last one is action. Action, empathy leads to action. And if we can have the heart of God for people, people in our congregation, people in the body, people outside of, of where we live, it'll lead us to action. And Matthew 25, 35 through 40 says this, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you brought me together with yourselves and welcomed and entertained and lodged me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me with help, ministering care. I was in prison, and you came to see me. Then the just and the upright will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty, and we gave you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcomed you and, and entertained you, or naked and clothed you? And when did we see you sick and in prison and came to visit you? And the king will reply to them, truly I tell you, insofar as you did it for one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it for me. See, everything that Jesus pointed out was an action. He said, you gave, you clothed, you visited, you brought. How do we love and support the body? We surround them with prayer, we surround them with empathy, and we surround them with action, actions of love actions of love. You know, last year on December 30th, <laughs> we were with our family and uh, having, you know, kind of everybody over because family was in town and Carrie got a messenger uh, text. You know how that comes through on your phone? She got a messenger text that said, is anybody in Glenwood Springs that can help somebody who uh, 
and, and it had gone out to several people. Is anybody in Glenwood Springs that can help somebody who has been in a car accident, he's in the hospital, he has no transportation, no clothes, and nothing? And so I said, yeah, we can help. So I called the father, a friend of a friend of a friend, sent that message, and Carrie got it, and we were here, and I called the father of the son who was in that multi-car pileup here in the Glenwood Canyon. So he was going from California to Ohio, home for New Year's, he was giving his little sister his car, and his car got wrecked, and in the wreck, he had broken all of his fingers, so they had to cut his clothes off, so he had no clothes. He was at the hospital with absolutely nothing. <laughs> so I said, Mark, you need to go get him. You need to go take him stuff. I called his dad and I said, um, I will take care of him. We will take care of him. We'll make sure he gets into his room. We'll make sure he has food. We'll make sure he has clothes. We'll make sure he has everything. So that meant, go do it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> So he did, and um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so anyway, he uh, picked him up at the hospital and all of that. And you know what? Over several days, we just got to minister to him. Why? Because of those actions of love. And not only him, his family too. We even held his stuff here until this summer when he could come back and get it. <laughs> I mean, it just was such a opportunity and blessing to minister to somebody who needed help at that moment. You know, sometimes all the body needs is just a little bit of help right now. You know, Elijah was even in this position. Remember Elijah when he was running from Jezebel? And he was in that place where he sat under a tree and he said, I just want to die. I mean, that's going through a hard time, right? If you're wanting to die, <laughs> to die you're going through a hard time. So he said, I want to die. And you know what? The Lord sent an angel and gave him some cake. <laughs> gave him some cake and gave him a really good long nap. <laughs> and after some cake and a nap, he felt strong enough to hear the word of the Lord. Sometimes when we are under it, we don't even feel strong enough. But that's when the body comes around. Acts 20, verse 35 says this, I have shown you in every way that by laboring like this, you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and he prayed with them all. This word support the weak, support, this word support is a Greek word called anti-lambanomai. And it means to come alongside, and it's the exact same word that is in that scripture of Romans 8.26 where it says the Holy Spirit comes alongside us to help us in our weakness. When we don't know what to pray, He offers the help that we need. It's that same word. And Jesus said, or, or excuse me, in Acts it says we are to support the weak. The weak means the feeble, the diseased, those without strength, powerless, weak in means, needy, poor, feeble, or sick. Do you know that we are supposed to surround the body when they are going through a hard time? It's a command to us. And part of that definition of support means to be held. 
And isn't that what we do when a part of our body is hurt? You know, if I ran into the bed, I would, and which I do very often, <laughs> and hurt my toe or my knee or my leg. The rest of my body runs to the support, right? It's like, oh, <laughs> it comes to the part that's hurting. But God made us as the body to do that, to come to the place that's hurting. When we are held by the body, we are held by Jesus because we are the body of Christ. And I just want to encourage you this morning. This is how we support the body. And in the next service, I'll talk about a couple more things. If you're that one who is in need of support, there's some things that you want to do too. You want to keep your eyes on the, the table that God has set before you. Just because the enemy is present does not mean that the enemy is winning. In Proverbs, or excuse me, in Psalms 23, he told us to, that, that God has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Keep our eyes on the table, not on the enemy. <laughs> Don't look at the enemy. Keep our eyes on the table that's laid out before us. And it's God's word, and it's God's truth. And don't be moved off of your faith because of an experience. Keep your eyes on the table that God has prepared for us. So we are the body, and we support one another. And we bring love and support. And you know, God will never, ever fail us. But how awesome is it that we get to have these wonderful testimonies of how the body came alongside of us and strengthened us and helped us in times that we needed it. The body of Christ is really, you know, the Spirit of God comes and He comforts our heart, but the body of Christ is that tangible, you know, uh, I can't remember what it was. There used to be like a poster that, you know, I know you're there, Lord, but I just want... Uh, Jesus with arms right now, you know. He, we surround and we support and we are the, the Jesus that is going to reach out and touch those hurting in our midst. Amen. So I hope that encourages you. I hope it helps. I hope it helps us to come a level higher in our support and care for the body. I hope it, it really helps us to remember that we are one and that we need each other and that we don't want to forsake the assembling of ourselves together because it's through this community and when we come together we build relational equity so that we can have trust and care for one another and we really need that as the body and even more as the days coming closer to jesus you know even more we need that more now than ever so all right i'm going to end there and uh make sure you come back tonight Make sure you come back tonight. Uh, Pastor Mark is going to continue on the Romans series. It's going to be awesome. It has been awesome. You know, if you're looking for something to read just to help uh, increase us in who we are supposed to be as the body, read Romans 12. It's a really good uh, chapter on how we are supposed to be as the body. All right, well, stand with me. We're going to say this as we go. What God did in Christ Jesus. Far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. Amen.